Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Hi, my name is Sarah McDonald. I am your co-host for From Beer to the Bible. We have a very special guest today, Chris McMullen. Say hi, Chris. Hey, everyone. Hi, Chris. And as always, we have our lovely host, Irvin. <laughs> Happy to see you, Sarah. Happy belated birthday as well. Thank you. Before we get started, please like, share, and subscribe at FromBeerToTheBible.com. All right, before we get started, we're going to come to you from the Word. Mm. We're coming from John 15, 5 today. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And we stole that from Chris because that um, that message is near and dear to your heart, and it mm. really helped you um, when you were going through your recovery. So today we're talking about understanding sexual sin, yes. which yeah. is a very, very prevalent topic in our world today. And we want you guys to understand a little bit more about it. So we brought in our friend Chris, um, who has a history and a story about sexual sin, and he's also a therapist here in Fort Worth, and he helps people um, get free from that sin. Yes, yeah, Sarah, thank you for that intro. Um, you know, it's near and dear to my heart because of reading in high school, you know, uh, every man's battle felt like to me that wasn't enough. Not that there's not those that have been helped by it, but like it just felt like there was a, a pivotal moment for me to realize that there's more out there that other men need. And, mm -hmm. and it's for some, every man's battle is, is good. Yeah. But then for others, like me, there was more than I needed. Yeah. And like it really started me, you know, from that time in high school till now, like continuing, like looking for things or creating things that help people, you know, really navigate this world of recovery, you know, with sexual sin for the church. Yeah. yeah. So how did this all start? Uh, Give us a little bit of background. Give us a little bit of a timeline of you know you grew up in the church yeah i grew up in the church uh, i went to methodist church until i was yeah. in sixth grade and then moved to there to a baptist church in sixth grade and just um really like got a lot of the principles of the bible but didn't really understand the relationship with god yeah. okay. as much and stuff and so there was that huge disconnect that really played a role too in probably my own recovery i'm understanding that later on um because it for me was divorced from understanding like that intimacy with god yeah mm -hmm. you know early on you know um because it was either like god to save me you know yeah i want to assault a paul moment in and versus mm -hmm. like partnering with god and yeah. in, in, in relationship and then moving together with him you know yeah. where he's calling me and then i'm responding yeah mm -hmm. yeah so did this start in high school it actually started, I was first exposed to it in fifth grade. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so my parents had like, you know, like all of us yeah. back in, you know, the nineties, cable TV yeah. before Sally even got big. And so 
when I was up late and they didn't pay, pay, pay for a pay-per-view, but um, one of the channels came through yeah. and on, on the uh, higher number channels and it was nudity. It was softcore porn. Yeah. yeah. And I was instantly hooked. You know, I yeah. was, it was exciting. It was new. It was forbidden, you know, yeah. because of church. Yeah. Um, like, you know, um, and it really hooked me then, but like, and it become more of an issue probably until uh, later in high school, you know, where it became more a consistent thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to talk about because um, I remember my parents like stashed way in the back, yeah. you know, um, magazines, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. back in the day, it might have been just magazines or pay-per-view or some channels that were forbidden but now our kids have the internet yes yeah. at their fingertips oh yeah they yeah. have phones they're able to access yeah. pornography mm. um, right then and there and it's really scary so i want you to explain to our viewers how the brain works um yeah and how you know a young man's brain doesn't fully develop till they're 26 years old and so yes. at fifth grade, which is 10 or 11 years yeah. old, if they're being exposed to this, yeah. you're rewiring your brain. Oh, 100%. Like, I just did a presentation last week, and mm -hmm. so I was looking at material, and kids as young as eight years old, they're now being exposed to porn. So two yeah. years before even I was. And so the volume of like online porn is so much more than even this dial-up or magazines. And so there's such, there's so, there's so much amount yeah. of porn available now, mm -hmm. like it, can take what it took maybe 10 to 15 to 20 years for you know sexual addicts addicts prior to 2000 mid 2000s to now like they can get addicted in six months wow because of how much volume that exists yeah um, like Pornhub puts out their statistics every year and anyone can get it and it's it's doesn't it's not really triggering um for just even church related people yeah and they talk about every year the number ups from like the amount of the amount of volume that exists. Yeah. Like I think if you watch all the porn that existed currently, I think it goes back to the 1700s right now. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. that's that's absolutely amazing. Can you can you talk about how how long does it take for one on average to get hooked, and then how do they realize and mm. know like I have a problem? You know it. It depends upon like how long it takes to get hooked depends on like frequency and okay. and amount. Um, it doesn't mean it's not any less addicting, but if it's once a week, yeah, um, once a month, still it's exciting, it's arousing and yeah. stuff. But you know, the more you do it, the more it you begin to realize you know it's starting to occupy or affect my relationships, yeah. Yeah. affect my closeness to God, or you know to myself, I'm feeling like depressed, yeah. you know, or withdrawn. And so sometimes it's for those that are more, if, and I'm not saying this in it, like, I hope this, but like people that are more committed to something, yeah. you know, they recognize the, the, you know, the effects sooner yeah. versus someone that's kind of dabbling in it, you yeah. know, where like, oh, you know, it's not that bad you know, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And so it's harder to convince them, you know, mm -hmm. this is not good, you know, well, I can stop anytime, you know? Yeah. But like someone that's like committed to it, they start to see the effects of on their life, mm -hmm. you know? And they go, oh, this is, this is not good, you know, mm -hmm. and everything. And so for some, it, it's just, it's, it's like that rock bottom moment, kind of like we talked about in 12 step, you know, yeah. where it, it looks different for alcohol and drugs, but like, you know, 
um, their partner going to the gynecologist and having HIV, you know, or STD, or mm -hmm. the the escort company calling to blackmail, you know, the wow. the family, or you know, or finding credit card receipts or yeah. stuff, and then like, okay, there's some obvious, you know, consequences, and it's like, oh, this is a problem, yeah. you know, but like, it's not any less harmful if like a teen mm -hmm. starts seeing it, and then they become withdrawn. They become anxious, depressed. They be something to isolate themselves more and more mm -hmm. away from the family. And like, is it the same consequences yet? I mean, no, but like, man, what a great opportunity as parents shepherding yeah. the child that like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to prevent you from like going down this road yeah. mm -hmm. that like where a lot more destruction may lie the longer you do this. Yeah. Not because I'm telling you what to do, yeah. but because I'm trying to like, you know, help you experience life and life more abundantly mm -hmm. before more and more of your life is affected. Yeah. yeah. What's the difference between boys will be boys and then uh, oh, the yeah. light switch turning on oh, yeah. and it becomes yeah. a problem? Yeah. Uh, boys will be boys. I mean, it, it's like that it, it comes with a lot, a lot of things connected to that. Um, there's a difference between like noticing, I, I tell all guys this, you know. Um, there's just between noticing what's beautiful what god's made yeah and then hypersexualizing that yeah. you know and objectification mm. we're all attracted to different things yeah and body types and, and personalities but like you know when we make things like bad we label stuff god made all things good you know mm -hmm. he brought he brought heaven to earth mm -hmm. you know and everything so like all the fruits of the spirit you know jesus exemplified mm -hmm. and like he redeemed all things and like so when we label things good or bad or that's too much for boys will be boys you know versus like talking about like what it means to honor you know yeah. women, what it means to like um ap uh, appreciate women what it means to like you know I, I often like when i talk to, to boys or teenagers or, or is discussing what that looks like and what that means you know mm -hmm. because yes there is some truth to it, like guys are going to notice that because yeah. we are driven visually yeah um but that there's a difference when it goes too far and then they don't know when you know they're 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 going into different you know um habits or starting pathways in their brain that affects more you know than just oh this is just what normal guys do you yeah. know and yeah. everything that there's a greater impact on them and stuff until they realize it's too late yeah you know so and, and then over time, like you talk about, you, you, one of your other questions, uh, Sarah, is like what it does to the brain is that it creates these neural pathways. The longer you do it, the more it becomes attached to different things. And then in the beginning, it's just exciting. Then it becomes attached to like your feelings. Then it be becomes attached to your identity. Yeah. Then it becomes attached to like God. And so like you weave this neural pathway and like, and it becomes like the, the triggers aren't just like sexual stimuli out and about or seeing and an ad on your phone through Facebook or Instagram or a friend where, where something it becomes connected to everything that you are. Mm. And so like, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, the brain then, you know, well, why can't I stop? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how long have you been doing it? Yeah. How, 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 how many hours have you put in? Yeah. Because what you practice in your brain is that you've rewarded it and you've escaped from those bad feelings yeah. being rejected, feeling that you're not good enough, feeling that like, no one wants you. And so this is your out. Like, I don't have to trust anybody. Yeah. I don't have to depend on anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I can take care of myself. Yeah. I don't have to be vulnerable with anyone, you know? Yeah. And so then it rewards itself and then you become stuck, yeah. you know? And then like, 
I'm too far down this rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know the path out now, mm-hmm. you know, because my, my shame increases, you know, people think, you know, something's wrong with me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick, you know, yeah. so, you know, like we associate all these like labels, you know, sometimes even not something that we've ever heard from our family, but just something we've internalized from someone else that we've heard, overheard. Yeah. And then like that becomes self-fulfilling and we just pull farther and farther away from other people, our friends, yeah. you know, God and, and, and like where we're just all alone. Yeah. And how then um, does one get out of the hole that they're in? And mm. then also, once you get out of that hole, how do you put the guardrails in place, yeah. the blinders so that you don't fall back into that hole? Yeah. You know, in the beginning, like that's the big part is like like in 12 step, you, you know, they have the 12 steps you, you have. But like you need structure. Mm-hmm. because there's been no boundaries yeah. before, you know? Mm-hmm. And so going to 12 step, a lot of people have different opinions of it. Like I think about it, not just from the, the practice of like what it promotes, but like it provides, it promotes intimacy. Yeah. And which a lot of them don't have, you yeah. know, yeah. miss out on, or they have the connection, a, the oh yeah, oh yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's not just, well, I didn't work, 12 steps didn't work for me, but like what other designation where you have an opportunity to be vulnerable around the topic yeah. where everyone, you know, has, you know, a shared story. Yeah. And then I can come and like ask for help and get mm-hmm. help, you know, apart from the 12 steps. Yeah. And so like in the beginning, like I really try to, I don't tell them you must do this, but I'm yeah. like, man, this, you're going to need this, yeah. you know, because these, this helps you like in, in different ways, intimacy being one of them, healthy intimacy, you know, to create like, things that like you can turn to yeah that are not just like you know even if it's not direct drive back to sexual behavior just of like isolation yeah and withdrawal yeah like so and then like i also work with them on like identifying the things they don't want to do you know and then creating even more boundaries than that Mm -hmm. you know like identifying like um like in uh, saa they have the three circles activities and stuff um and which we also use um in sex addiction work and kind of like building out like we don't want to just like stop at like where the cliff is and go oh no no i don't want to go down there i don't want to do those things mm-hmm. like we want to touch the secondary triggers the secondary things that mm-hmm. like lead into it you know yeah. because the longer you've done it you set up all these ritual ritualistic patterns yeah so it's not just you know grabbing a beer you know or jumping on porn, porn hub like you've been practicing other things that lead up to that yeah you know Yeah, that's something I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit more because a lot of our viewers are in the church and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times the church says it's just, it's sin, it's not a disease. Can you talk a little bit about the disease of sexual sin? Yeah, you know, disease, like I think about it like in terms of like learning, like, you know, you do have a dopamine hit in your brain. Yeah. And like, so the more that you follow the, 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 that pathway, the more diseased you get, Mm -hmm. you know? So in James, when it talks about, you know, um, lust gives birth to sin, sin gives birth to death. You know, a lot of people, myself included, you know, I thought death was just, you know, I, I'd be cut off from like, you know, people yeah. gotta be disappointed with me. But like death is emotionally, mm-hmm. it is spiritually, it is mentally, yeah. it is, you know, relationally. In your body. Your yeah, body in, was, in your body. Yeah. And so like the disease and stuff is that like, you know, like cancer, as it spreads, you know, it, it, it affects more and more. Right. Yeah. 
you know, it affects more and more functioning until, unless it's treated, yeah. you know? And so the disease like blossoms and starts to just, it may just be on the surface in the beginning, but the longer it sits there, yeah. the more sick the parts of the body become. Yes. Your emotional health, your mental, all those other things yeah. until then you, you're at the point where like you're far down this road mm-hmm. and like, you know, if you don't see it, like, you know, if you don't like the word disease, like the ramification of full blown death, you know, just change the word because it's still the same, yeah. you yeah. know, like we don't always know that cancer's there until, you know, something else happens that pops up or we find it, you yeah. know, some weird way, you know, when we're going for a checkup, but like the same thing is that like, if we don't think of it, like in terms of either disease or something else, like we won't treat it like something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Right. You know, because yeah. then we just let it go. Yeah. I, I, I see a large number of men not seeking treatment, whether that be in the church or outside of the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. What's driving that? And then talk to our our Christian brothers and sisters yes. um, about don't stay and suffer in silence and shame Mm. come out Mm. and we as the church need to love them and help them get the help they need and sometimes all the help that one in these addiction need is not in the self-contained unit of the church but there are brothers and sisters like you who love the lord who can help Yeah. yeah um like i think it's i think it's the practical, you know, that we need, you know, um, uh, again, when I was reading as a teen, every man's battle, I've heard from others that they gotten more material now, like it was just bounce your eyes or take a rubber band and snap the wrist. And so like, again, I know that other men that have been helped by it, like, that wasn't my story, my experience, but like, is whether the church internalizes it and like realizes that it skills or discipleship, you know, or yeah. that like, you know, we send our kids to school, we go to the doctor to learn, you know, how to take care of our bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's only different than the church or, mm-hmm. or, or counseling is that we're, we're giving a mental, emotional, relational skills for the, well, well, you know, the, the development of the body yeah. in different ways. Like we don't think anything about sending kids to school, mm-hmm. you know, we don't think anything about going to work and putting in, in time. And so like, it's just a, when you think about counseling or think about the well-being, you know, of the body, like it's just a different like way of approaching it. Like we do everything else in life, but like yeah. for some reason we put it out here, yeah. Yeah. like it's different, you yeah. know, but it's the same. Yeah, it, it is the same. And what you see from people I know who are, mm. as we were talking to earlier, who are in the church and are addicted to porn, there's fear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's that shame of I'm going to be rejected. Yeah. Uh, but to me, the church and us as believers and lover of, of Christ, it's so important mm-hmm. to 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 love them. Right. That. Yeah. That. And I don't know that that's always the message. And then that creates more shame and more stigma. Yes. For the ones who are suffering from yes. porn. And I also want to bring this out because I was reading some stuff. It I used to think of porn as just a male problem, mm-hmm. an adult male problem. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about how it has expanded not only to women, but also we touched on the children, but talk about women in porn now. 
Yeah, you know, 30 to 40% of women are now regularly viewing it because they it's been normalized. Like, you know, they want to know what their partner is seeing and stuff. Mm -hmm. They want to spice up their relationship. They yeah. want to do, you know, something. And so, but like, you're carrying your own issues into that, you know, yeah. that also can, you know, attach to using porn and then you create your own problems yeah. where you think that like, you know, being called names, being spit on, being mm -hmm. like um, objectified or like used is something that you should accept. Yeah, right. You exactly. know, and that you're just and, and you know, uh, I, I say the same thing in like counseling is that like you just become a orifice to experience pleasure through and like mm -hmm. you're not a person, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. like how dehumanizing like, you know, mm -hmm. if we're trying to normalize porn as like a culturally as a, um, a freedom of expression or whatever, but like we're working towards like growth and like trying to like, you know, work on racism or working on like loving people where they're at, like that goes against yeah. all of that, you yeah. know, that goes yeah. backwards, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, with, with women, you know, like, like their worth or has to be defined by what their partner is watching or like, it's going to spice up our relationship, you know, it, is only it's doing the opposite. Yeah. It, yes. It, it's, it's, it's disconnecting. Yep. It's disconnecting. And ultimately what you see is that it destroys the relationship. Yeah. It destroys the intimacy. Your spouse mm -hmm. is never going to live up to what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like you said, there's different people like different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a husband and a wife could like two different things and mm -hmm. they kind of go off on their own path and, mm -hmm. and then they're never going to be connected. Again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it may not get to the place of like sexual addictive behavior, but it made us become like where, like there's no attachment in porn. There's no emotional connection yes. to the majority of porn. You know, and that's not how God intended it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they may not get to the place where like, well, I don't like, you know, what we're doing. You know, I'm going to just, you know, use use porn to masturbate or whatever, or just self pleasure. But like, I'm just going to disconnect and not mm -hmm. be here in a moment with you, you know, and I don't feel like we're close anymore. Yeah. We're just bodies, you know, going through the motions. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. D does and this is the other pushback I get when you start talking about porn and sex addiction. Well, if I'm not physically committing the act mm. with another person, yeah. then I'm not addicted. And really, there's no consequence because I'm really not cheating on my spouse. Yeah. Address that. Yeah. You know, emotional um, intimacy. Yeah. Like, OK, you know. We think as Americans, I think that we're, you know, it's less so like we want to compartmentalize like our work life, <laughs> yeah. our home life, you know, our church life. And like, like God never intended that. Like we're one of the yeah. same. That's yeah. good. You That's know, good. and yeah. so like when you start to say, well, it's not physical cheating. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm going stepping out of my marriage, but like you are disconnecting from mm -hmm. your body. Mm -hmm. you, you are you can't be fully present with your partner, yep. your kids because you're training yourself mm -hmm. like all of life is is, is is behaviors and skills and and learning and reinforcing so like you're training yourself at the minimal mm -hmm. to just disconnect yeah. you know yeah so like you can't hear what god's saying yeah over time you can't no. hear like what like you can't really connect to your partner because if you're ignoring your own emotions and you're mm -hmm. using porn to like remedy you mm -hmm. know or other sexual behaviors to remedy what you don't like mm -hmm. then like how can you really connect and emote to your partner mm -hmm. like there there is an effect there, there you can't it's not oh no this is this is over here that stays over here it's teaching you something yeah yeah 
you know? Yeah, you, you, you hit a great point that when I came back to Christ, I used to think, okay, I had the, my business and business life, my church life. Mm -hmm. I had it all separated. Mm -hmm. And God says, no, no, no. It's all one. Yeah. It all belongs and, and yeah. to me. And we yeah. were we were kind of like taught that, or I don't know where that came from. Where did uh, that's a good that's a show. That's a yeah. show in and of itself. Yeah. Because yeah. as soon as I put God in the middle of my marriage, in the yeah. middle of my work life, mm. in the middle of my parenting, yeah. everything became better yes. and smoother. Yes, and yeah. it's amazing how that works. Yeah. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about um, when you knew that you needed to get help, or how did you go about that? Um, you know really like i other than reading that book in high school mm -hmm. um, and what made you read the book uh i realized that like there was a lot of shame i was carrying and yeah. stuff and it was like one of the only resources that i knew you know um because everyone other than promise keepers they kind of I, I knew about it but i think i don't know if i was old enough to go mm -hmm. and, and so i only knew about that because it was a big thing in the 90s and so i read that and then got into college and I don't think I was aware of the resources that existed out there. And so I think, you know, I, I got in, I was in a Christian fraternity and I had some accountability, but like, it was all like the blind leading the blind, you know? Yeah. It was like, it, it, there was earnestness there, you know? And so it was, I didn't, I wasn't aware of SAA or SA at the time. I, I knew somewhat of, you know, um, NA and AA, but like, that was it. And so a lot of it was just like, uh, reading blogs, reading articles, going to websites, trying to think, find out like what information existed out there because I wasn't aware of um, what it, what was out there to help it, you know, like programs or approaches or whatever. So a lot of it was just my own self um, searching, searching to find that, yeah. which is amazing because some people don't even get there. No, you know, no, like you yeah. were, at, you knew yeah. that there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. You knew that you wanted to change this, mm -hmm. and you just sought on your own. And I yeah. love that now you want to be the resource to other people, and you yes. want them to not not get to where you were and struggle the way that you did. No, not at all. I think a big question for people who grew up in the church is a lot of times the church will tell you that. Um, we could just love this problem away. And mm. I love the fact that pray all it away. Yeah, mm. pray it away. I, mm. And we talk about this on the show a lot because Irvin and I are both in recovery from alcohol and we yeah. work 12 step programs and you're you in SAA work a 12 step program. What is the importance of a 12 step program mm. alongside of the church and the Bible? And how has that together taken you, you know, to, to new heights? Uh, real quick about SAA, I never got into them because I didn't know. Um, so, all of mine was like what I either learned from reading or some counseling I did and yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, getting in real accountability um, through like church groups, that's where it came from. Because I, I didn't know SAA as much until I started going through my training um, with uh, uh, becoming a CSAT. Got um, it. So I think that like, you know, it, in the beginning of like recovery for people, like behaviors are a big part of it because you have to have something in boundaries to define where recovery goes. Yeah. And then the more you're in it, you know, it begins defined by like, you know, you, you know, your higher power, you know, but more importantly, like, you know, for Christians like Jesus, mm -hmm. and then like how it affects you emotionally and relationally mm -hmm. and mentally. And so like, I think that you, you need 12 step, it, unless you already have like a network of people, friends, family, that you already lean on that are there 
because otherwise like it's hard to create that yeah from yeah. scratch it's, and stuff and everything yeah you know um yeah. uh because again minimally like even if you're not for some t- all bought in like you know they've heard different things about 12 step is that man but like it already exists you don't have to create anything you know yeah. Yeah. you can you can get there and i know that there's gonna be vulnerability and different groups have different success depending upon how strictly they adhere to the 12 steps but like yeah, minimal you have something that where people are sharing and connecting and being vulnerable around an issue that you're struggling with yep. yeah you know yeah. and like we need that you yeah. know in the beginning to feel like i'm not alone yes. you know in yeah. this i'm here I'm, I'm with you absolutely I, I i think that is a a great point mm-hmm. and i want we've got a few minutes left so we want you to close this out but i want to i want to ask you as any man out there right now suffering from porn and sex addiction, what would you say to them to one, encourage them and then two, to seek help? You know, you're not too far gone. You know, mm. you're no matter where, if you've just started watching it and it's a weekly or monthly thing, or if like you're in the throes of it and it's like, you can't stop, you know, you feel like, you keep calling the escort company, you keep going to your fair partner's house, you keep like watching porn on company time, you know, mm. is that you're never too far gone. Yeah. You know, is that like there are people out there that are willing to work, walk alongside you yes. in your journey and stuff mm-hmm. and willing to get into the dirtiness of like the, of the struggle mm-hmm. and like are not going to like leave you, you yeah. know, because I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, for them is that when if I relapse or mess up, will you still be there? Yeah. Will you still love me? You know, yeah. will you still, you know, support me? Yeah. It's part of it. You know, it's part it's of part, part of, of growth. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and everything is that I don't expect you to get it perfect, you yeah. know, because if you haven't worked hard, you, you know, you've never addressed yourself in recovery, you've never um, started working on some of these things and stuff. I expect people like to do as well as the skills they have. Yeah. So like if they don't have good coping skills, good emotional skills, good understanding who they are as a person, you know, mm-hmm. understanding who God is, like knowing how to connect to other people, like I get it that like, you know, it's a part of being a, a more full person, a whole person and everything is that like, you're not alone and you're not deficient mm. because you don't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, and like, like God wants to partner you with you and it's to set you free. Yes. You know, not just from the behaviors, mm-hmm. but like set you because that's just misery living on earth, you know, yeah. Yeah. But like set you free to live life more abundantly, abundantly. Absolutely. you know, like in all those areas, you know, I already mentioned is that like, you know, mm-hmm. is it a struggle for sure? But like there are others there that, you know, whether it be 12 step or counselors or whatever that can walk you out yeah. of this. You know, I, think it's right impor- it, I think it's important to say that no one sin is better or worse than the other. Yeah. It's it's what god put into your life it's the thorn he put in your side mm-hmm. because that was what was going to make you change yes mm-hmm. and you seek him yes so you know addiction from alcohol drugs mm-hmm. sex addiction it mm-hmm. there's it's it's not a medal of honor it's not it's there's nothing bad or good about any of it it's the lord calling you yeah. to seek him yes mm-hmm. That's a great way to close us out. And before we do, Chris, how can they contact you if they need help? So people can um, go to the website, a new counseling, dfw.com, and set up a uh, 15 minute free consultation with my intake coordinator, or um, you can call at 817-442-6818. Uh, 
And either way, like if you're ready to get started now, we can send you one of our counselors, or if you just want to check us out and, and kind of figure out if we're a good fit, you know, a 15 minute consultation is a, you know, a good way of doing that as a first step too. So either way, you know, it's a way to get started. And a new counseling is not just for people suffering with sexual sin, it's also for the spouses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. A very, that, yeah, yeah, that's, I yeah, think that's a very good, good resource for, you know, if your partner is still out there struggling, you can get some help. Yeah. I, and I think that, like, it's good to note that, like, it's not just a the person that's struggling with sexual behavior. It's also the partner because they've the one has been suffering, hoping something would change or not yeah. knowing something that was, something was wrong. That's a good point. And like, it's not just forgiveness. I've, pl- I've seen plenty of women that have forgiven. But like they're still suffering with like the hurt that they've been carrying from it and stuff or at least you know the behaviors and the reactions to like feeling neglected for years or mostly yeah. disconnected and stuff mm. like it was their fault or something's wrong with their body you know and forgiveness does help you know you release your partner but it doesn't release you yeah you know and, and like so it's just as important sometimes for partners to get help as it is the person engaging in the sexual you know addiction mm. As we close today, I want to speak to our audience and all those who are suffering from sex addiction and porn addiction. We want you to know there is no shame. God has really put this on our heart. We primarily, as you know, we talk about drug and alcohol addiction. But as Sarah said so eloquently earlier, is that these are things that sometimes draw us closer to the Lord. But we wanted to let you guys know there are resources like Chris and his team that could help you. And there is no shame in asking for help that the Lord has clearly provided for you. We love you and please tune in next week because we'll have more with Chris. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.